We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, January the 13th, 2020. On today's show, I'll break down South Carolina's 56-55 to 55 loss to the Tennessee Volunteers over the weekend. I'll give my takeaways, including looking ahead to the rest of the season, Frank Martin's status as head coach, the free throw shooting, the abysmal shooting by both sides, and much, much more. Also, some news and notes to get into, including Jackie Bradley Jr. inking a big deal with the Red Sox. We'll take a look at the national title game tonight between LSU and Clemson. Your listener questions, voicemails as well, and a ton more to get to on this Monday. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast to you by our friends over at Ag South Farm Credit. Guys, most lenders don't understand land financing. Ag South Farm Credit specializes in land financing and has been doing it for over 100 years. They make loans for small and large acreage, hunting property, timberland, farm and pasture land, even home mortgages and construction. They have a ton of great benefits as well, including long-term fixed rate financing for up to 20 years, down payments as low as 15%. They have competitive rates and they pay an average of 25% of the interest back every year as what they call patronage. So they're a cooperative, so they share in their profits with their member borrowers. So guys, for example, on a $300,000 loan at 6.5% for 20 years, you would get back $2,770 each year. They have an experienced lending staff that knows land and knows how to finance. So guys, it's 2020. A lot of us are going to be making some big time decisions this year, whether that's getting married, maybe we're buying that dream car of ours we wanted, maybe we're building a house, maybe we're getting our first mortgage, uh, we're buying some land, whatever it may be. When you're making a big time life decision like that, you want to make sure you have the right people in your corner, right? People are going to make you feel comfortable, your inner circle, whoever they are, they're going to make you feel good about it because that can obviously, when you make a big time decision like that, it can be very stressful, very strenuous. You're not sure if you're getting the best bang for your buck, for example, or if you should be making that decision. When it comes to land and it comes to mortgages, Ag South Farm Credit is that lender. They are the people that are going to be there in your corner and they're going to make the process, the people that are going to make the process so simple and easy for you and really take the strain of the entire process off for you. So one of the big questions they get obviously with their name being Ag South Farm Credit, the name has farm in it, right? Is it just for farmers? I remember when I first came or when I, uh, when I first found out about Ag South Farm Credit, I had the exact same question, honestly, is this just for farmers? Can normal people use it? So not at all. So their mission is to support rural America and that can include just about anything that involves the purchase of land. So a lot of their customers are those that just want a piece of property outside of the town they can live on. So no, you absolutely do not have to be a farmer if you're anyone in rural America, uh, definitely South Carolina, obviously, since they're located in South Carolina. But if you're interested in buying land, getting a mortgage, whatever it may be, you don't have to be a farmer. It can be 
anyone. Anyone can use their services. So if you, if you have more questions about what Ag South Farm Credit can do, give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, or simply just visit their website. That's agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S, A-G-S-O-U-T-H-F-C dot com slash T-S-U-S. Ag South and Eco Housing Lender, NMLS 619788. So again, their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S, or give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. All right, let's get into it. Philip chose the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Happy Monday, starting a new week here. Happy Monday to everyone. This is not just a normal Monday. Obviously, we've got football on after a fun weekend of playoff football that saw a ton of great games. Um, the national championship, LSU and Clemson tonight in New Orleans should be a classic, should be one for the ages. And hopefully, hopefully, LSU finds a way to pull out the W. Talk about that game in just a little bit. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Uh, I know for me, again, a lot of great NFL games, just speaking outside of South Carolina stuff, because we're going to get into the Gamecocks loss in Knoxville. But, uh, man, I was shocked the Titans beat the Ravens. I know that's one probably a lot of people were surprised at. Uh, the, the Chiefs come back, obviously. A um, lot of good football. The playoffs have been really, really good to this point. I don't know if you guys, you know, if you're big NFL, NFL fans or maybe if your team is still in it, but – the NFL playoffs at this point have been really, really good. Like a lot of good storylines, a lot of comebacks. I mean, again, what the Titans are doing. I'm kind of at this point. I mean, I don't really have an NFL team necessarily like, like I'm, that I'm a diehard of. I'm pretty much just pulling for the Titans at this point. I mean, after doing what they did, I mean, I'm – screw it. Why not? Let's just pull for the Titans. I'd love to see kind of the underdog. You know what I'm saying? The underdog story. I mean, Ryan Tannehill leading a team to a Super Bowl. That that would be insane to me. It's looking right now, I mean, it's got to be, what, Niners and uh, Niners and probably Chiefs is the likely matchup. I mean, you would think, but, I mean, I'd love to see Niners-Titans, but I don't know, man. It's been crazy. NFL playoffs have been crazy. Um, got a lot to talk about, though, with South Carolina. Obviously, Gamecocks going on the road, losing to Tennessee. Before we get into everything, a couple of housekeeping items. If you have not done so, click the pause button right now. It doesn't matter whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it might be. Take five seconds to rate the show, leave a review, leave your thoughts, your feedback, leave five stars for the Spurs Up show. Number one, it helps boost up the podcast, which in turn helps people that maybe have not heard of the Spurs Up show. It helps them to find it. So uh, be sure to rate to this podcast. If you have not done so, if you're listening right now, you're not subscribed, hit the subscribe button. You're going to get those daily notifications when the podcast drops. So be sure to rate and subscribe, please. I really, really do appreciate, by the way, those that have already done that. Um, I think we're around like 242 reviews on iTunes. Would love to see that number jump up, jump to 300, 400, 500, whatever, as many as possibly can. Um, another thing really quickly, I, I wanted to announce this. Obviously, I keep you guys in the know, uh, but very, very excited to officially announce that uh, the partnership between the Spurs Up Show and Columbia Craft Brewing Company. If you see the social media clips, you'll see me wearing the Columbia Craft t-shirt. Um, we have renewed that partnership. We're going to continue. Columbia Craft's got some really exciting stuff coming up this spring, building an outdoor patio. If you guys follow them on social media, obviously their beer is phenomenal. Um, so really, really excited. I want to keep you guys in know Columbia Craft Brewing Company, the best brewery in Columbia, South Carolina by far. Their venue's getting upgraded, about to change the game, being right there by the baseball stadium, close to the basketball, really in just the middle of all the action. 
Um, so appreciate those guys over at Columbia Craft. Awesome people, awesome stuff, and really, really excited to continue that partnership again between the Spurs Up Show and Columbia Craft Brewing Company. Um, before we get now, actually, the big week for me, by the way, going on a vacation this weekend with the family, just because I'm sure you guys are so intrigued of what's going on in my life. But uh, I'm very excited this week for multiple reasons. Um, going to Disney World with the family this weekend. Don't worry, there will still be plenty of content, but going to the, uh, Disney World with the family. Very, very pumped. We start talking baseball this week, opening day. One month from opening day is Tuesday. I'm going to start the position unit previews for those of you that are familiar with it. Really, really excited about that. Really, really pumped to get that going, to get baseball coverage going. Um, South Carolina, Kentucky is this week. It's a big week. It's a very, very, very big week, and I'm excited to have you guys join me along for the ride. Um, all right, let's break this down, South Carolina, Tennessee. Before we do, though, um, I've been saving these normally for the end of the show, but I want to go ahead and put it out there because South Carolina, like I mentioned, hosting Kentucky Wednesday night. If you need your tickets, because this is a hot ticket, I've already looked. If you want to go to this basketball game, see John Calipari, see the Kentucky Wildcats, maybe the Gamecocks pull the upset, download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, if you're going to go to this game, it is the only way to do it. I know there's a lot of concerts in Columbia right now, too. Alan Jackson was in town. Post Malone's coming to town soon. Uh, I think Jason Aldean, I heard, is coming to town. You need tickets to concerts, comedy club events, any sporting events, whether it be professional or college, you name it. SeatGeek has got the tickets for you. they got a great ticket rating system, which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting. So they're going to make it super simple, super easy for you. Get the best bang for your buck. It just makes sense, guys. Again, if you're going to go to any of these events, especially the ones upcoming, upcoming, especially South Carolina, Kentucky basketball on Wednesday night, why would you not save yourself $20? It, it's free money. I'm literally giving you free money. Hey, there's alcohol sales at the arena now. You can take that $20 you save. Go get yourself two beers. They're $8 a piece. Go get yourself two beers. Why not? Um, so, again, friends over at SeatGeek, download the app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. All right, finally, let's get into South Carolina, Tennessee. Gamecocks dropping the game on the road, 56-55 to 55 in Knoxville. Takeaways from this one. An absolutely brutal loss, a heartbreaking loss. And I said this immediately after the game, but I want to say it again. I think the thing that makes this loss sting so badly, besides the simple fact that you were in this – I mean, you, you, you had every opportunity to win this game. You had every single opportunity to win this game on Saturday, and you let it slip away. And I'm going to get, obviously, into the details of how you let it slip away. But the thing that really bothered me and why I knew this was going to be such a big game, because when you take a look at the upcoming schedule, South Carolina now 0-2 in SEC play, has lost three straight basketball games, and you look at what's coming up, Kentucky at home, at Texas A&M, at Auburn, who's a top five team, you're staring a one in four conference start right in the face. I mean, realistically, you could be one in four or zero in five. Like, where is this team's first conference win coming? After Auburn, Vandy at home could certainly see that. At Arkansas, Mizzou at home, the schedule does lighten up a little bit when you get into February and even March. But this thing can go off the rails. Really quick, you know what I mean? And, and when you have the, ten, the chance, the opportunity that South Carolina had on Saturday to steal a win on the road, you know, you've got to take advantage. Um, 
that game on Saturday, man, I'll tell you this. For those that watched it, which I'm assuming would be most people listening to this show, a disgusting – it was a disgusting basketball game, a disgusting display of shooting from both sides. I was honestly shocked how bad Tennessee was. I know they're not a great team this year. You look at their record overall, like they're not, they're not that Tennessee team that we've seen in the past that Rick Barnes has had that, you know, that level. But, man, they were – Bad. I mean, I think uh, I've got the stats pulled up here. They shot as a team. Let's see. They shot as a team 26% from the field, 19% from three-point range, which is actually better in South Carolina. The Gamecock shot 15% from three-point range. But Tennessee shot 26% from the field. 14 of 54 shots went in. I mean, that is that is abysmal. Um Defensive pressure was high in this one all game. This was a Frank Martin-esque type of basketball game, no doubt about it. Um, the first thing I want to address, because I know a lot of people are going to go here, and I don't blame this as the sole reason South kind of lost. You simply cannot. But everybody wants to talk about the officiating. The, here's my thing with the officiating. I, there, were there questionable calls? Sure. You're on the road in the SEC. You're not going to get every call. Bottom line, you're just simply not. The last possession, though, is what everyone wants to talk about. A.J. Lawson drives the hole, tries the Euro step or crossover, whatever he was doing, gets called for the offensive foul. Tennessee gets the ball, I think, 1.2 left or something. They end down at South Carolina camp foul. Game is over. And obviously, you know, if you get the foul call there, you get to shoot two free throws. Obviously, with our free throw shooting, which I'm going to get into in a second as well, it's no guarantee we would have taken the lead or whatever, but you have the opportunity to tie the game, if nothing else, and take the lead. Um. Here's my thing with that, and this is why I'm not going to blame officiating, even for that last possession. Because that's a 50 – I mean, that's a 50-50 call, right? That's a 50-50 call. I'll relate it to baseball in this way. Whenever a hitter takes a close pitch and gets called, uh, gets called out, when he strikes out looking, right, and takes a close pitch, I had a coach used to say one time, don't leave it in the umpire's hands. Don't let don't, – don't put your at-bat in his hands, right? Take control of your own at-bat. That's kind of what I'd say about A.J. Lawson's possession as well. Like, that possession, which I don't understand why South Carolina does not take a timeout, set up a play. Like, you had a timeout to take. But you can't put the game in the ref's hands there when you're on the road and it's a 50-50 call. You're, you're not going to get that call. You're not going to get that call in Knoxville. So, I don't blame the officials for the loss. Like, like I said, that play, could that have gone differently? Sure. But if you're A.J. Lawson, again, you simply cannot leave the game in the hands of the officials on a 50-50 call like that because, you know, you saw the ref. He did the whole flair for dramatics, point the other way, you know, oh, look at me, Billy Badass over here, the referee. Billy Badass over here on the court, make the crowd go crazy. Like, he – He's playing up to the crowd. That's what it feels like when they do that with those offensive fouls. They love to do the high leg kick and, yeah, oh, it's on them. It's on whatever. So, but you just can't put it in his hands. You cannot put it in the ref's hands, in my opinion. You just simply can't do it. Um, the bigger thing that stands out, and I've already talked about it, is the abysmal, abysmal free throw shooting. Guys, this is where South Carolina lost the basketball game. 59% free throw shooting, 13 of 22. Tennessee was 22 of 28, 79% from the line. Tennessee made nine more free throws than you did. You just, you, you, make, you just make your free throws, you win the game. 
Hecking is not really that close. You win by eight points. I mean, you don't even have to make all your free throws. Just make half of the ones you missed. Shoot 70% from the line, and you win the game. It's the most maddening thing because, listen, I can relate this back to baseball as well. Really, football, any sport, any sport, when you do something, there, there's, all right, there's physical errors and there's mental errors, right? A physical error is, you know, you try to make a diving play and you're just short of it, or um, you try to make a tackle and the guy's bigger. I, I don't know, whatever. It's just a physical play and it didn't go your way. The guy just out, outdid you, whatever. Is what it is. You can live with that. You can live with physical mistakes. Guys going 110% and, you know, whatever. You can live with that. But free throw shooting's mental. It, that's a mental error. That is a lapse in concentration. And I think it's gotten to the point, honestly, and I don't know when it would have happened or, you know, when it snowballed to this effect, but this team mentally, that mental midget is running 110 miles an hour right now. That mental midget is running in the Gamecocks fan and Gamecocks uh, players' heads right now. Because I, I don't know how else you can justify 59% from the free throw line. I, I don't know how you can even explain that. So, you know, 13 of 22 from the line. I mean, it's disgusting. It, it's, it's disgusting. That's the thing. Even if A.J. Lawson gets fouled there at the end, who's to say he's going to make both free throws? Not the statistics. I don't really know what the solution is for that either. Like, what does Frank do? Do you make the guys go shoot a 1,000 free throws? I mean, what do you do? What do you do? The overall shooting was bad as well. I mean, South Carolina, heck, they only shot 33% from the field. Two of 13 from three-point range. I mean... Overall, defensively, the pressure was there. I mean, you forced 12 steals, eight blocks. You know, you forced 19 total turnovers. Just just brutal, man. It's just bad basketball. Defensively, it was solid, but you can't shoot the damn ball. If you can't shoot, you're not going to win. You can't shoot, you're simply just not going to win. Um. As South Carolina loses games, obviously, the Frank Martin chatter becomes louder and louder and louder. And again, I think a lot of people are sitting here waiting on me to come out and hashtag fire Frank Martin and all this. And, you know, I think the difference between what's going on with basketball and what's going on with football, like at least Martin has won something before. You know what I mean? And you know what the thing is, too, is like what makes Muschamp's job different from, say, Martin's job is if Darren Horn took South Carolina to the Final Four like three years in a row and then Martin came in and is doing what he's doing, like there is no – the expectations are not super high for Gamecock basketball, unfortunately. I just don't think they are. So I think Martin gets away with a lot more, at least in my mind, because I don't really expect a lot from Gamecock basketball, unfortunately. I mean, I I expect more than this. I definitely expect more than this. You know, on your way to probably missing the postseason as a whole 
for a third straight year. And I've already said it multiple times, and you guys already know that I, how, my feelings on it, that if South Carolina misses the postseason, and that's another reason why I'm not going crazy on the fire Frank Martin stuff, yada, 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 is because this season's going to play itself out. I mean, if they miss the postseason, it's, to me it's going to be very clear and evident what needs to happen. I mean, how many years can you keep relying on what South Carolina did in 2017 in the Final Four? How many years can you make the excuse of we are young? How many years can you do that? It's the same story. It's a broken record. And, again, I think it's one of those things, too, where I do recognize that I don't know how much South Carolina could realistically upgrade, you know, from Frank Martin. But Insanity's doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. You know, Frank Martin, like I said on the last show, he's a certified lunatic over there on the sidelines. Thankfully, he's not shoving any players. He didn't shove any players that we saw in Knoxville. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, the, the chatter's certainly getting louder. You know, a lot of people that I've seen on social media that would have never – never said a bad word about Frank Martin, are now very much questioning his leadership of this program. No doubt. And I think it's fair. I, I, I think certainly it's fair. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely in the camp right now that, again, you missed the postseason for a third straight year. I am fully 100% in support of getting somebody else. 100% support it. Absolutely. 100% support it. So, and again, I don't see – that's the bad thing. I don't see this thing turning around anytime soon. With the schedule the way it is, I mean, heck, the schedule lightens up a little bit in February. But, God, by the time February gets here, you might – I mean, by the time February gets here, you might have to really go on a run to make the NIT. So, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, guys. I mean, do you really think South Carolina's going to come home Wednesday and beat Kentucky? I know Kentucky's not the Kentucky of old or anything, but you think they're going to beat Kentucky? A&M's, I'd say, probably a 50-50 game, but so was Tennessee. Auburn's going to destroy South Carolina next week. Destroy them. Auburn's probably the best team in the SEC. And you're at their place? It's going to get worse before it gets better, guys. I mean, there's no reason to sugarcoat it. You know, I, I mean, this is a team that – Came in with all the hype. Very similar to football, honestly. Came in with a lot of hype. Best guard South Carolina's had in forever. I mean, you know, I, I had someone tell me this, the, this team was as good, if not better, than the Final Four team. I mean, boy, that, 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 that statement feels pretty silly right now. So, you know, the, 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 Frank, the Frank Martin chatter will continue to get louder and louder and louder with each loss. And again, I, I think it's I think it's deserved. I do. I mean, I, I'm I, I I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't dislike Frank Martin as a coach. I don't I appreciate what Frank Martin's done. This is a business of winning, though. And South Carolina basketball, like I said, I my expectations of South Carolina basketball are not crazy high. They're really not, but they're higher than missing the postseason three straight years and seven of eight. I mean that <laughs> Period. Bottom line. The only thing saving Martin's job right now is the Final Four. If South Carolina goes to the tournament in 2017, loses to Duke, the second round, we're not even – this isn't even a question. This isn't even a question. 
of what to do. But that final four, it, it, it's, it's bought time, bought a lot of time. But with the talent on – you know, I, I really still do believe there's talent on this roster. It's hard for me to sit here and knock the talent. I mean, again, I know the, the guys on the court are, you know, Frank can't shoot it, right? I mean, I, I get that. But, again, like, how much of this is physical errors and physical mistakes? How much of it is mental? I, I mean, how can a guy like Jair Bolden one game go to Charlottesville, score 22? Dude cannot hit – he could not hit water if he fell out of a boat right now. What is that on? I mean, did he forget how to play? I mean, I, I don't think. How can A.J. Lawson have the year he had last year? And then, bro, he had four points on Saturday. He did not make a shot from the field. A.J. Lawson, he did not make a shot from the field. Who is that on? Is that on? I mean, did A.J. Lawson forget how to play? Did the Monstars come get his talent? Or is there something else going on behind the scenes? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, you know, so we all know what has to be done. A major, major turnaround has to happen. And, I, again, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think that'll probably, probably should spell the end of the Frank Martin era in Columbia. We'll see. Maybe they can turn it around going to run. I don't know. South Carolina basketball is bipolar. It's Jekyll and Hyde. We have no clue which team is going to show up. None. Absolutely none. So, we'll see. I mean, if nothing else, this Gamecocks basketball team is very interesting. They do not lack interest and intrigue. I'm telling you. They do not lack being interesting. That's without a doubt. All right. So, again, Gamecocks drop to 0-2 in SEC play, take on Kentucky Wednesday. I have a full preview of that game this week. Obviously, we'll be in the building for that game as well. A um, couple of news and notes to get to here. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. inking an $11 million deal with the Red Sox. Still doesn't mean – still not sure if this means he's going to stay in Boston long term, but either way, kudos to JBJ for getting paid. Um, also, let's talk about the national title game real quick because I put up pretty something pretty funny on social media about – what would you what what will you do or how will you feel if Clemson wins the national title against LSU tonight? And uh, listen, I mean it's a Gamecocks podcast, but every South Carolina, everyone everyone in the country is going to be tuned into this game. I know all South Carolina fans are going to be tuned into this game. I'm basically going to be covering the game on the Spurs Up show because this game is of very much interest to South Carolina fans. So let's talk about it. I I, I think this game. I'll be honest with you guys. I hate Clemson as much as anyone. Hate them. This is the best matchup we could have gotten, though. Like in the nat- I mean, this this to me feels like a, na- a national title that could be a classic, one for the ages. Really, really could. Stars all over the field on both sides. Two polarizing head coaches, whether you love them or hate them. The game is in New Orleans. Like it's just there's so many good storylines. I will say this, that if Clemson wins the game, I will be sick, physically ill on Tuesday's show. I can guarantee you that. I think LSU will get the win, though. I, I, I think LSU, I, I, they just, to me, I, trust me, I have a bad feeling going in this one. I do have a bad feeling. But to me, LSU, this is their year. Um, 
I don't know how Clemson's going to stop LSU. I think it's a classic shootout type of game, and I think LSU wins it 42-38. to 38. I, I really think it's a classic. I, I think it's a shootout. I think both offenses, both quarterbacks have huge days. And I think it's going to be a real chess match between these OCs and DC. It, it's going to be a lot. It, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I know everybody else is going to be tuned in, obviously, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch tonight. So pray to God that LSU finds a way to get the W. That's, that's all we can really do. That's all we can really do at this point. All right. Let's take these listener questions. Do have a voicemail to get into, and then we'll get into the listener questions real quick. Hi, this is Mark. I'm from uh, Tennessee. But I just got done with watching this game, and um, I just don't see why we can't make our free throws. Seems like every single call goes the other team's way, and uh, A.J. Lawson not producing at all. He's not producing. Um, I say, I don't know. Um, I feel like we should get the coach our the ball way more. I mean, he's the only one that's producing right now. But thank you very much, Chris. You have a great day. All right, Mark, appreciate the call. By the way, I, I am so sorry to Mike Kotsar that I did. I, I got so caught up in the things that the Carolina needs to do better. I did give him a shout-out post-game after the game immediately after on social media, but kudos to Mike Kotsar, man. I mean, a guy that I know most of us had our doubts about. He has 17 points on Saturday, you know, 7 for 11 from the field. A guy that's just – he's playing the game the right way. Um, he's he's leading by example, playing tough, playing physical, being that senior leader. You know what I mean? Like, has he replaced Chris Silva fully? I, no, nobody could do that. Chris Silva was a unique talent. But Mike Kotsar has done a damn good job for South Carolina down low. No question to ask. He has done a damn good job for South Carolina. And, again, it's it's a damn shame that nobody else has stepped up. It's a damn shame that nobody else has stepped up. But Mike Kotsar, kudos to Mike Kotsar. Again, kid's done a phenomenal job. Big shout-out to him. Um, all right, let's get into these listener questions. Again, Mark, appreciate the voicemail. Um, let's get into these listener questions real quick. Um, Palmer King 14 says, no charge, what the blank. Hey, I mean, again, don't leave it in the ref's hands there. Don't leave a 50-50 call in the ref's hands on the road. Don't leave it there. Don't make him make that decision. Uh, Carson Vermillion, all-around subpar refing along with horrible shot selection in the Tennessee game. I mean, uh, it was a disgusting, abysmal. I think South Carolina and Tennessee at one point were just having a contest to see, hey, who can miss more wide-open shots? Dude, especially Tennessee. God, I mean, the amount of times that Tennessee did a great job in ball movement or maybe they got an offensive rebound and kicked it out and, the amount of times they had a guy catch the basketball, take a dribble, get his feet set, and shoot it, and brick it was insane. Was insane. I mean, listen, you're not going to make them all, but when you're wide open, you're on scholarship, bro, to shoot. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sitting here talking shit saying I could go out there and hit the wide open shot in that situation, but I'm also not on scholarship to play basketball. So, God, it was just a disgusting shooting performance from both sides. Um, underscore Jake.Hornig, I like the no timeout call. It just didn't work out. I mean, listen, it's one of those things, hindsight is twenty twenty. Frank, trust his guys. I get it. But especially with the way you were shooting it, 
I just feel like you want to put yourself in the best possible position. You know what I mean? And you have the timeout. Like, why not just use it? You have it. Just use it. So, again, hindsight's twenty twenty though. Andrew underscore the underscore textbook. Frank Martin needs to find a way to get better offensively. I mean, what is the solution? Realistically, though, what is the solution? You know, I I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what you do from here. But you got to do something. You got to do something. I mean, here's the thing. How do you make a guy? How do you make a guy like AJ Lawson remember how to shoot and how to play? That's why I say, is it a is is it is it not just more of a mental thing? Like, what is it? Something in practice? Like, do the guys not play well under Frank? Like, I think that's a fair question. I really think that's a fair question. I don't know, man. I I don't know what the other the solution is. I don't. I you know, I don't know. I really don't. E Jackson underscore Carol. Why won't they fire Frank? If they do it, it'll be end of the season. Uh, you know, I will say this. In football, it's different. In basketball, there's so many games. I don't know that it really makes sense to fire a coach midseason. I really don't. I don't – I just – I don't know. It's different in football because you can, you know, you can get ahead and kind of get the start. You know, maybe it'll energize the team or whatever. Like, it's, it's a little different in basketball. I, and I don't think – it's something you don't see very often. So if they're if they're gonna do it, it's gonna be after the season. If they're gonna do it, so, um, last question, Jack Dot Haley eleven twenty one. I actually got one more after this. I can't be bothered with this team right now. We have NCAA talent and wasted. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, I, I feel like there's talent on this team. I, I really, really do. I, I feel like there's talent on this team. I know there's talent on this team, bro. You don't you don't go. You don't go to Virginia and win with no talent. Same thing as football. Like, you don't go to Georgia and win if there's not some talented players on your team. There has to be. (laughs) I mean, you can't win with a bunch of scrubs out there against that type of competition. Why can't you get that level of play out of your guys more consistently? That's the question. Um. All right, got one more question here. I meant to answer it last week, but I want to make sure I get to it. Jack Dot Dantzler, uh, he says, hey, bro, absolutely love the show. Listen on Spotify. Here's my question. It's kind of long. Last year, we blew a big lead against Florida. This year, we blew second-half leads against UNC and Tennessee. He's obviously talking about football. And also gave up 21 in the fourth against Florida with the help of the refs. Why has this become a pattern? And two, what can Muschamp and the team do in 2020 to hold on to those leads in the second half? I mean, honestly, man – that's a great question. I think a lot of it's got to do with the conservative mindset, conservative approach. You know, you think of UNC. I mean, you just take your foot off the gas pedal. You know, Will Muschamp's, uh, you know, stubbornness wanting to win games 20 to 17, 23 to 20. I mean, not, not knowing how to put your foot on somebody's throat and, you know, finish the job. Um. I guess maybe you could say conditioning too. I mean, with injuries and stuff like that. And obviously you have a new strength coach now. So I, mean, I think that's a solution to it. Um, what, what can you do though to not make that a trend anymore? I mean, you have to be aggressive. You have to keep your foot on the gas pedal. Is that something that's going to be solved with Mike Bobo? I don't know. Maybe it will. But you got to do that. Uh, he also says Zach Pickens only had 16 total tackles and no sacks, no tackles for loss. 
I know he made freshman All-American, but given that he's a former five-star, is this the year he announces his presence as a pass rusher? You know, that's a great question. That's a fantastic question. I, I, and, you know, Zach Pickens, a solid year in year one. I don't think anything great, nothing flashy. A solid year. Okay. You know, he, he didn't – the good thing, I think, for Pickens was he didn't necessarily have to do a lot because of the, 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 the older guys, you know, Javon Kinlaw stepping up, guys like J.J. Anigbare, Aaron Sterling, um, Rick Sandage, Kobe Smith, uh, you know, a host of others, obviously. It, but it needs to be. I mean, listen, you're a five-star guy. Like, you got to be the man. I mean, Zach Pickens and Jordan Birch both in 2020 need to be the dudes. No doubt. They need to be the dudes. So, will it be the year they are the dudes? I don't know. But you're a five-star guy. You should be able to make an impact. So, I, you know, I think certainly. I mean, I think Zach Pickens certainly is going to have that opportunity to break out and be a big-time player. You know, Javon Kinlaw even said that, you know, he felt like uh, – he felt like Pickens could be as good as he wants to be, you know. So, pretty high praise from a guy that's pretty damn good at the position himself. So, um, we'll see. But it, it needs to be the year, no doubt. 2020 needs to be the year Pickens breaks out for sure. Um, all right, that's going to do it for me. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, really, really excited for the National Idol game tonight. Hope everyone has a fantastic Monday. Um, really, really exciting week again. Like I mentioned, we've got so much going on with basketball, baseball coverage starting. Um, I'm going to Disney World, so humble brag, but I cannot wait for that as well. <laughs> um, and a lot going on. A lot of great content. You guys stay tuned. As always, I'm Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.